Good to see you all today. It ain't cold enough for y'all. Don't call no more. I don't want any more of it. God's been good. He kept most of it away from us, I think. But it's sure a beautiful day. God is good. I have had one of the most unusual weeks. The Lord sure has been good. My phone's been ringing. People have been talking about the service last Sunday. We've just had a good time in the Lord. And I can't believe the number of people that uh, come to call me and come to me and talk about uh, wishes of more of that kind of preaching and more of that kind of services in the churches today. And I, I pray that we'll get back to it, amen, because it's, we're in a mess. But this morning, I want to, if you'll turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, and I want to begin to read in verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. And you became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of inner end we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be in this place and, Lord, be able to stand and handle the Word of God and listen to the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. Give us the assurance. Give us the blessing of the Holy Spirit throughout the day. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I... uh, met with this lady that was was interviewing me and just she's writing a book and talking about it. and she asked tremendous Bible questions and she wanted uh, or doctrinal questions I mean but she wanted Bible answers one of those questions that she said she is facing with a lot of in, in a lot of churches is this matter of election that uh, people a lot of churches now, a lot of preachers are, are talking about the elect of God. 
and they talk about that uh, if you're saved today that you're uh, been elected to go to heaven some are elected to go to hell and so on and she wanted me to explain that from the word of God and uh, here's one of those portions of scripture now first of all as you read this in chapter uh, chapter 1 beginning in verse 3 remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father now here Paul has given us three tenses of the Christian life which was faith love and hope a work of faith looks back to the cross of Calvary and produces good works in the Christian life you cannot serve the Lord unless you've been born again rightly before God then you have the labor of love is a present basis and motivation of which a child of God is to serve the Lord. Now, I've, I've said this many a time, and I mean it from my heart. I serve the Lord because He first loved me. Amen? <coughs> and I think about this a great deal. How much? I was just laying the other night thinking of the love of God, and how He loved me and washed over me and took care of me uh, all of my life. And and then he led, got me to the place that I accepted him as my Savior. I began to try to serve him. And I found out very quickly that you cannot serve the Lord in, in the flesh. You can't, you can't what, if you try to serve the Lord in the flesh, just do uh, without the Holy Spirit's power in your life, you'll fail. And I found that out very quickly. And I, I found out that our labor for the Lord has got to be in love. And if you don't love the Lord and you try to serve Him, and I know a lot of preachers, I know a lot of workers in uh, it's, uh, uh, what we call full-time workers in churches and so on, and they're trying to serve the Lord, and most of it's for money or for position or whatever, a lot of it is, and, they, and very soon those kind of people will quit. Uh, they'll wear out. They'll quit. I heard a, a man here a while back. I was talking to him about serving the Lord. He said, I'm just wore out trying to serve the Lord. I said, I hope I never get there. Amen. I, I, here I am been serving the Lord all these years. I get excited about it every time I get the opportunity uh, just to be with God's people. <coughs> and I know this is a fact. If you try to serve the Lord and you try to serve Him out of the love for Him, you wear out. And the love of love is the present basis of our motivation on which a child of God is to serve the Lord. And then thirdly, the patience of hope looks into the future for the re return of Christ and all that follows. That page, Now look at verse 3 again. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Verse 4, Knowing, brother, beloved, your election of God. Now, verse 4 takes up another great doctrine. In First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, Knowing, brother, beloved, your election of God. Now, <coughs> the, 
The doctrine of election is a tremendous work of grace. Ephesians 1 and verse 4 says, According as He, that is God the Father, has chosen us in Him, that is in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now I want you to watch this. In Ephesians chapter 4, where did God choose you? The Bible said before the foundation of the world was ever formed. You know what that means? Nothing slips up on God. God knows the past, the present, and the future. Everything God already knows. Now by His foreknowledge, alright, I got saved when I was 26 years old. That did not surprise God. God knew exactly when I was going to get saved. God knew exactly where the place I was going to be. The preacher was going to be preaching. The message was going to be preached. God knew everything about that place that night that I was going to hear the gospel and get saved. That's the foreknowledge of God. Now, by the foreknowledge of God, He understood that I would receive Christ. Now, think about this for just a minute. The night that I got saved, that that tent revival, that tent, big old tent, was packed with people. And I mean a lot of unsaved people. And I think there was eight of us got saved that one night. Eight of my best friends. And we all got saved at the same time. And I've thought about this a many times. Why didn't everybody in that place get saved? Did it surprise God that everybody in there didn't get saved? No. But God knew I was going to get saved. And when I had come forward and accepted Him, and, and, and we say, well, we had part of our uh, salvation, and this is, a, this is a doctrine that's very dangerous. I didn't have nothing to do with my salvation. God got me there. God got me under His preaching. God got me under His plan of salvation. And by His grace, He let me accept His Son as my Savior. And so I cannot ever say, Lord, when I get to heaven, I had part in my salvation, and I did something to get saved. No, you can't. It's all of God. And that planted the doctrine of election is, now, and you cannot take the doctrine of election out of the Bible. It's in there. Alright? But the hyper-Calvinism, that teaches this thing of, of, of election and, and so on, teaches that uh, God chose you to go to heaven and God chose you to go to hell and ain't a thing you can do about it. That's why they come in, they open the church doors, they don't go on visitation, they never witness to nobody to get saved. What's the use? If God's already elected you to hell, what's the use of me to uh, witness to you then? You're already going. Amen? If you already go into heaven, what's used to me to preach the Bible? Why we have the Bible anyhow? We're already elected to go to heaven. No, that's not true. And what the Bible plainly teaches, the only way any sinner can stand before a holy God and without blame is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was ordained of God before the world was formed that whosoever believeth in his shed blood shall be saved. But... God knows who's going to do it. Amen? He does not choose who to do it, but He knows who to do it. And you got to remember, God is a God of love. God is not a tyrant. No one is chosen against their own will. 
Did you know one of the greatest things I believe that God ever gave man is his free will? It's a wonderful thing to know that God gave us a will. God is always right in all that He does. In Romans chapter 9, verse 14, What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Now watch this. No one is chosen against their own will. No one is rejected against their own will. God is righteous. God has given every man, woman, child the opportunity as a free moral agent to make a decision for him. God's invitation still stands. John 7 verse 37. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now God gave that information. I was talking to a man one day and he was trying to convince me of this doctrine of election uh, like the Calvinists teach. And he was saying, I was preaching heresy, that by the grace of God are you saved, and, you, and anybody can get saved. I said, all right, sir, what are you going to do with Romans 10, 13? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that's the grace of God, amen? That means anybody, if they want to, can call upon the name of the Lord. Now, verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. I wish that we could uh, mark especially verse 3 and 4. These phrases are words in this verse, which are very important. Listen to them. Number one is gospel. Number two is not in word only. Number three is power in the Holy Ghost. And number four, for your sakes. Now the job of every Christian is, is to get the gospel out to lost sinners everywhere. Jesus saves. That's the job of every saved person. I was talking to a preacher one time, and he said, I don't go visiting no more. And I said, he said, you still believe in that stuff? And I said, yes, sir, I sure do. Well, when you read these verses, what is every, every Christian's job after he's saved? That's to go after the unsaved. That's to get the gospel out to every sinner. Now, you can't save nobody, but you can sure tell them how. And only by the grace of God do they come to the Lord. It's not enough just to get the gospel out in word only. Or just to tell Jesus that he saved. We must have power to get the gospel out. More power than any ordinary human being has. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. You can't witness for the Lord without the Holy Spirit. You can, you can stand around and talk about philosophy on all day long. But there's nothing going to be done spiritually without the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason for watching what we do where we go, what we partake of, is for others. It's not for us. Now, where you believe this or not, I could stand here this morning and smoke a cigarette and drink me a Budweiser. And you say, Preacher, you're not going to heaven if you do that. Yes, I am. I'm saved by God's grace. Now, you've got to understand that. There's nothing can keep me out of heaven. Absolutely nothing. Not one thing in this world can keep me out of heaven because God has washed all my sins away. Amen. 
So if I want to have a drink, I'll have a drink. But the problem is I don't want to have a drink. God's changed my owner. I don't want the things of the world anymore. But that ain't the reason that the Bible says that we're not to do those things. Hey, I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm on my way to heaven. I can do as I please. God give me a free will. Now I'll stand before God one day and give an account of it in my body, by the way. And the Bible plainly teaches that. And that's why a lot of people are sickly and, and die before their time because they just get in the face of God. I'll do as I please because I'm saved by grace. No, you won't get by with it. God will chasten His children. But that's not the reason we uh, serve the Lord. Now I want you to watch this. The reason for watching where we go, what we do, what we partake of, is for others. It's like I told this man one time, I said, what if I came in here tonight and I had a cigarette hanging in my mouth and a Budweiser in my hand and a Bible under my arm? And I said, hey, I want to lead you to saving faith in my Christ that I know is my Savior. I said, what would you think of me? He said, yeah, I think you're a fool. And that's exactly right. And the Bible makes it very plain. Well, I'm saved by the grace of God. I was elected into the family of God by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for my sins and I cannot lose my salvation I know I'm going to heaven so why I watch what I say and watch what I do because it's for others we would go out to me and Barry and Ronnie and some of us would go out to uh, the Diamond Hill Golf Course and play golf and every time we'd go out there there's somebody would come up to me and talk to me and and so on. And they always they always talk about there's the preacher. Now when they said that to me, that told me something. Watch what you do, watch what you say, watch where you go, because somebody's watching you. And I never will forget several times, not just once, but several times somebody would come up on the same first tee we fix the tee off and play and say, Preacher, will you pray for my wife? Will you pray for somebody? And they talked to me like I was something special, that I was a child of God. And brother, let me tell you something. I'm no more special than you are. And what I'm trying to tell you is, God's got somebody watching you. Why are we to do these things and keep our body under subjection and serve the Lord and watch what we say, watch where we go? Because somebody's watching you. And they want to see your Christ and they want to know if you're that kind of person and you're living a clean, good life and you're having a good time, what's the secret? Me and my wife knew this man owned a restaurant. Every time we go in, we sit down and eat with him. He always come over to our table and say, well, what's the Lord done for you today? Well, wait a minute. How come he ain't done? He said, he ain't done nothing for me. And one day I asked him, I said, are you saved? Are you a child of God? He said, no, I'm not. I said, that's the reason. You're not his child. Amen? If I'm, if I'm God's child, he's obligated, whether you believe this or not, to take care of me. I got three children. When they were small, couldn't help, help themselves. And by the way, that's where I'm at right today. I can't help myself. God, you're going to have to take care of me. Amen? And when my little kids were small and they couldn't take care of me, it was my obligation to take care of them. And God is obligated to me to take care of me because I belong to Him. 
And I want other, I want others to see that. You know why you're not being blessed? If you're not saved, you're not a child of God. Now listen, if we are to be channels of blessing, three things must be necessary. We must be ready for the Holy Spirit to use us. We must put ourselves at the disposal of the Holy Spirit. We must make ourselves ready. Three things must be true of our lives to be ready for use then. Number one, we must be separated from the world. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26 verse 31 says, Come out from among you and be ye separate, saith the Lord. You know what I found? The world out there, the unsaved world out there, wants to see somebody that's different if you say you're a child of God. I went down to the Catholic Church uh, one time to meet a man, and uh, they had something going on there. A whole bunch of them, uh, people had come there, and, and they, the so-called priest, walked, father, walked in there, and he had on his little collar turned backwards and so on. He walked around. He was smoking a great big old cigar. And he had a, a Budweiser in his hand walking around and enjoying it and just having a time. And just like one of the crowd, wait a minute. He's supposed to be a man of God. He's supposed to represent God. And the Bible said he should be separated from that bunch. How in the world? If I'm going to do all these crazy things that the world does, how am I going to tell them that's not good when I'm enjoying it myself? How am I going to tell somebody else you ought not to do that when I'm doing it myself? We are to be separated, number one. We're to be different. And by the way, the world expects you to be different. Now listen. If we're to be channels of blessing, we must depend on the Holy Spirit to convict sinners of sin. The hardest thing I had to learn as a preacher, I cannot convict somebody of their sins. I can't do it. I cannot get them to understand you need a Savior. I know too many people that's having a ball just like they are. And me to go tell them, you're not enjoying yourself. They'll laugh at you. Yes, they are. They're enjoying their sins. And they enjoy it exactly the way they are. I can't convict them that their sins are wrong. But i got to have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Amen. i got to let the Holy Spirit. Conviction is absolutely necessary before a person can be saved then. And he must see the need. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Now listen very carefully. And I'm going to finish this because I want to show you something. Yes, election is in there. And the Bible makes it, by the foreknowledge of God, He ordained that you could go to heaven. Amen? Through the receiving of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what makes the difference in all that statement is, if you receive the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're ordained to heaven. If you reject the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're ordained to hell. It's just that simple. But God knows your heart and that's the reason that I, I believe this with all my soul there's a lot I heard a preacher say one time that the greatest ministry in the world is the normal Baptist church you think about that you know what he was trying to say there's a lot of people in the Baptist churches that think they're saved it's not they need to be born again 
They come and make a profession of faith. They even go through the water baptism. But they never were converted. They never were, they never were converted from the old creature they was to the new creature in Christ Jesus. The same old person. And as they'll come for church for a while, and then they're gone. And everybody will say to me, sinners have said to me a many times, well, what happened to that man that used to go to your church and now he's back? And look at him now. Well, I don't think he was ever born again. Amen, number one. But if he is, God will take care of him. Amen. And God knows. And what I'm trying to say is, we can't judge and we're not to judge. You know, I, I like to, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. It's like that lady, come, a woman came several years ago and said, uh, God sent me here to teach your ladies in the church uh, about this thing of, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, a lesbianism, uh, to your ladies in the church. And I said, no, he hadn't. And I said, and let me tell you something. You're free to come to this church. I'd love to have you come sit in this church, but you're not going to fellowship with our ladies. And you're not going to be around them. You sit down right over there and be still and listen to the preaching. Amen? And I mean that with all my heart because they have influence on them. Now, when you think about it, I want everybody to come. I want everybody to have the same chance that I got. That's the reason... Uh, no prejudice, no nothing in my heart. I'll reach everybody that I can with the gospel. Then you got to make the decision for your own self. I can't do it for you, and I have to have. The, I love to preach. I love to just give a testimony of the Lord Jesus. I want everybody I meet to get saved. But I found some. Everybody I meet's not going to get saved. They're going to reject you. Some even cuss you out. And some, uh, uh, I even had a man spit in my face one time through a screen door. And I never will forget it. But that don't make no difference. What am I? All I want to do is tell you how. Now, it's up to you. Amen. And all, if you receive it, if you receive the gospel, you're elected in the family of God. I'm so glad I'm, I got a heavenly Father. Amen. And He watches over me. Amen. Father, would You watch over us today? Let the Holy Spirit be in and out among every one of us. And take care of us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.